Oh, we're back. Kia everybody. What's up? Robert here. You just saw me. Now you see me again, unfortunately. We're switching it up. And we're switching it up and we're getting the good bro, Andrew Patterson. How are you, mate? Robert, yeah. hello to you. I don't even know where in the world you are. Eh? I mean, you're, you're sort of like a global jet setter. So where are you, Belarus or um, <laughs> Africa this week? Or? No, no, it is. Uh, I'm in uh, America. I'm in San Fran. I'm five hours ahead, and I'm also in some type of uh, some type of lockdown too. So, um, don't don't feel too bad for me. It's fine. How no, no, I tell you, you've got a very strict studio, so I can't compete with that. So I'm not even going to try. I mean, you're, the, you're always the man. You've got to one step ahead of everybody else uh, in terms it's not of a the branding. The whole lot. Um, one thing I do have. I do have a coffee mug with Andrew on it. Um, that's the best I can do for personal branding. <laughs> I don't have the matching cap and everything else. <laughs> it's a, no one knows but what I, I wanted to change things around because, as you know, you'll remember this back in 2016 when I was doing a podcast at NBR at the time. I had you on. I think you were only about my fourth guest. And I remember, I still remember your opening line when I introduced you, you know, Welcome to Sunday Business, which was the name of the program. And you said, well, that sounds like an oxymoron Sunday in business in the same line. <laughs> I haven't forgotten that. <laughs> and anyway, I know you've used that interview multiple times. I, I see it popping up, you know, every once in a while. And the other day I thought, I think it's about time we updated that interview because it's four years ago. And then I rang you and said, look, let's switch this around. I'll do the interview and uh, you can be on the other end. So how are you feeling, Rebecca? Uh, what, since four years ago? <laughs> well, yeah, we won't, we won't, we'll quite get into that, but um, I wondered how you're feeling about having the tables turned. I don't really like it. Yeah, I knew. I knew this. I knew this would be tough for you, but the audience will be loving it because you know you're the man in control. So I'm gonna, no, I gotta, I gotta run this. Yeah, no, it's more just because I see myself as a conduit for others, not uh, even though it's the Rabbit Show, not the Rabbit Show. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I feel mm. a bit, I guess a little bit awkward when it, it flips like this. So, but because you're a good mate. Let's go there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick off. Uh, I remember um, when I first started watching your videos about four years ago, I used to almost feel like I needed to lie down uh, at the end of them. <laughs> and a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I hadn't watched any for a while, and I, I dialed in and... Wow, what a transformation. This, uh, this very in control. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the hype had gone. And I was interested to jump into that about, you know, what had, what had changed in four years. So, you know, to pick up on your, your opening question, I mean, have you changed over those four years? I think... Potentially more calculated and 
more perspective after having two two daughters now under two. I'd say those might be the two two big ones of uh, depth over width for commercial execution, so I get some more wins, and then. I, I knew patience wasn't the issue because I knew I was patient as shit and I was playing the long game with it. Um, and then probably just more focus with time and energy, I'd, I'd say. Um, but then perspective of of time and others by by having a family. Those would probably be the probably the two, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, well, the fact that you the fact that you paused for about four seconds before answering that question is 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 a change uh, and. You know, if you go back, I mean, you know, previously it was like fill every second. But if you go back, uh, I mean, where were you at four, four years ago? Were you, were you sort of trying to change the world? Were you, uh, were you on a personal mission? Where, where, was, where was your headspace? Um, I think I had realized that me waiting for anyone to actually give me any opportunity or anything wasn't going to happen in the game of business. And then I also realized that my relationships that I had, I didn't need permission to try and go. And I think a lot of the time people wait, like they're trying to wait for someone to give them the opportunity or give them the chance or give them the something. And so I kind of just went, why wait, stuff it? And I just went on full offense. And and I don't, I don't, I literally don't regret it for a second because I wouldn't be here if I didn't do it. Um, but, yeah, that would probably be it, actually. I think it was um, realizing that I could actually, I could play the game the way I wanted to play it, and that's totally okay. And I think it was actually just ownership of me knowing what I was about and what I stood for and all the rest of it. And I wasn't, I was kind of un- unapologetic, and I still am unapologetically me. Um, and so maybe a bit of that was, you know, unlocking a little bit of freedom because I had the opportunity and the access to do certain things or to be on certain stages or to be in different rooms and I'd taken full advantage of it. So it was almost like, you know, kind of kid behind a Ferrari type scenario. You know what I mean? You got the engine, you got access and you just flip and send it and go for it. So headspace wise, that's, that probably was, that probably was it. It was, the game was mine for the taking stuff it. Let's flip and giddy up and go. And I, I remember that, that, that exact interview and that, that last little two minute ramble it's exactly how I felt, and I still believe that it, to the things. But maybe the difference was I was living it as I was saying it instead of looking back, thinking about what I was saying, if that makes sense. So if you look back now, do you think you were trying to move too fast? No, I could have gone faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, no. but didn't, didn't, haven't you, haven't, let's, let's, let's get down in the weeds of it. Um, haven't you paid a bit of a, a, bit of a personal price? for all of us definitely i mean i think as soon as you as soon as you choose to put yourself out there so this is a second it's it's an interesting point the first wave is you go and you act if you're on offense then you get the reaction back of either those who don't understand you don't have context don't know the nuts and bolts don't know the depth don't know the you know critical thinking other stuff that's going on but then what happens then is then you realize well do i not do it and I miss all the upside of it, or do I accept that 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 energy or whatever is part of doing business? And I just write off as so mentally, I had a point, and I just wrote it all off as as a, as bad debts, because I knew that net net, the overarching relationships and and 
people in my lives and the opportunities that I had and the friends that I've met and the places I've got to go and the people I've got to meet and just everything else is a hundred to one. Um, so I just hit a point phase one I was like, cool, let's go offense. And then there was some kickback and then phase two was like, well, that's totally okay. You know, I'm the color teal. You you love me or you, you hate me, but at least I'm, I'm doing me and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to apologize for feeling the way I feel and saying the things I say, if that's how I feel. Now, has my thoughts evolved over time? hundred percent. But because, you know, I front foot them, it's pretty easy to navigate through. But yeah, it does come at a cost. And, but would I, would I change it? Absolutely not. Because I wouldn't have had this relationship with you if I didn't take those risks. I wouldn't have had in a bunch of the stuff happen in my life if I didn't have put myself out there to start with. So um, I just think of it as a hundred to one upside to downside. Now, some people's levels are a bit different, but for me, you know, the, I know a bunch of the relationships I've made in the last four years will last me, last me my lifetime. And I reckon it's flipping all great, but does it come to cost? Yes. You know, and that's the balance that everyone has to take before they decide to, to put themselves out there, I guess, you know? I think. But did you feel at times like you were you were wearing a mask? You know, you were having to be this Robert Hollis, a thousand bolts going through the system the whole time. And and inside you were kind of struggling with with aspects of all of this, you know, and, and managing this kind of parallel universe. I think it's finding the balance of how you want to operate publicly and privately and finding where that balance is, right? So my personal life was off the grid. You know, my my inner circle, no one knows who's in it. My best friends aren't seen publicly. My family's off the flipping grid. Um, but when you come into, I guess, a public forum, you need to set... The the confusion will happen, or ha maybe it might have happened for a little bit, but not, not heaps, was knowing where that line was and what what the rules were, right? Do I show my, who's in my, do I, do I tell people who I'm talking to? Do I, you know, th that was tricky to navigate. Um, and then, so for me, it was basically my my inner circle of friends and family off the grid, everything else is fair game. Um, so that was, that was tough for the balance. Um, the other bit too was, I think it's probably one interesting point before we did the, the, the front side Sachi's deal was I would, when, we spoke, I was still small fry, um, small business, small, uh, big thinking, but small execution maybe. Um, and a friend of mine said, you know, you talk shit to about all these big things, corporate slow this, government slow that, blah, blah. But he goes, until you are in it and it can understand their world, you don't actually have the right to talk about it to give it shit because you don't know what they said. Like, I guess, you know, you haven't walked a mile in their shoes. And part of the, a, a main reason that I ended up doing the deal that I did with um, the video production front side that um, linked up with Saatchi and Saatchi and that was, I wanted to see what it was like inside that big machine, you know, like show me how an organization deals with billions of dollars and a hundred thousand employees in 80 different countries or 80,000 80, employees, 110 countries. Um, and so I think that's, that's, youth arrogance mixed with naivety because they haven't seen it yet or what's behind the walls. And in probably the biggest thing I've maybe realized as well is the, you need structure as things scale because so much can get hidden. 
And if you don't have those things, you can't have the size of that business that you want. So it's either, you know, where they say, go, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go farther, go, go together or whatever. And, and that would probably be the other bit too. So I was probably naive to how the bigger wheels worked. And now, you know, I've got, I guess, friends in a lot of different worlds. I've got to learn a lot more about, um, those different things. So yeah, probably energy with naivety. Probably. You didn't, you didn't feel like you wanted to go and join that corporate machine at any stage? No, because no, see, I think people give the big thing shit because they're slow. What I realized after being part of it was to get big, you need a big engine. You need an engine, right? And so if you can be the captain of a little tugboat, but you've got a flipping whale behind you, shit, that's the best. And and so it comes down to like leadership and empowerment and of those above and and it was it was rad like there because i trusted the leadership and i knew that there was the back in there if i needed it and a lot of times they don't so um the bigger you want to get the bigger the machine needs to be so what i realized through that process was um approach the main one is it's impossible you know i said the other day it's impossible to scale greatness alone you can't do it um and i was just extremely naive to how big shit works like actual big shit, you know, like it's not like you're pissing around with a few little things. It's like, no, no, we're talking about a global entity and just, I don't know, scale. So maybe I was naive to scale, probably. So you couldn't see yourself at some point in the future running or, or could you, uh, a, an organization, 500 people, you're the CEO doing Mate. all of that leadership stuff? I would be... I'm a, for starters, I don't manage anyway. I just trust everyone to do whatever. They just like, do your thing, go nuts, easy as. Uh, <laughs> I just I just start laughing because I know I am a HR nightmare. I would say so much dumb shit so quick that I would be an absolute ridiculous liability. Put this, mate, true story. Last week got hit up for a potential uh, advisory board role of a very well-known media company. And I literally replied back and I said, Honestly, I'd probably be a liability to everyone involved. <laughs> the thinking may be great sporadically, but holy shit, I, like, yeah. I mean, you know me well enough. Would you, unless there was epic systems around me, I couldn't trust myself with it. I'd just be too loose because I, I can't control my emotions really if I've got them. If I feel a certain way, I'm going to flip and say it. If something's whack, I'm be like, this is bullshit, stuff that. If someone's a muppet, I'm going to be like, you're a flipping tool bag, piss off. Like, I just can't, you know, uh, I just, I wouldn't be, it would, it would not go well, mate. It would not go well. Could you, mate, could you imagine the articles? It would be, yeah. Unless they want the flipping, the rogue assassin to come in heavy. They're not, then apart from that, I, I think I'd be too much of a liability for those involved, unfortunately. Potentially great thinking, huge liability. So no, yeah, I, I don't. Shit, yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't, think, I don't think that would. That, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think I don't think that would surprise anyone. Uh, but let's let's talk about you know your self management and particularly your time management because I imagine you you are being approached all the time. Rebecca, can you do this? And Rebecca, can you speak at this? And and everything. And 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 when you have a profile like you do. 
and I've been there. I know what that stuff's like. Uh, I mean, I've pulled back a bit more recently. Uh, how, how do you make those decisions and those calls about, you know, what you do choose to get involved with and, and what you stay out of? The honest answer is it's really tough to navigate if you have good intentions, but again, exploited. So if people know that you care a lot about a lot of things, they will try and take as much as they can. And what I found myself for quite a little bit was saying yes to everything to please everyone else. What I realized is I was actually getting used by a lot of other people to tick some boxes to be there to bring noise and rah-rah to help them. Um, <coughs> So I got disappointed. I got disappointed that people, I felt I f was feeling used and abused of like, um, yeah, and then I got pretty bummed because I was like, I thought some of these people were my friends, but then all of a sudden I'm just kind of getting rolled out like to try and, yeah, so that was tough to navigate because then it sort of made me stuff myself up. Like, well, why are these people actually friends with me? Is it they just want more shit? Like in Snowboard, it was, it was classic, right? If you're a pro snowboarder, everyone wants, you know, everything from you, blah, blah, blah. Gear or parties or access or any of the other shit that comes with it. And um, so that navigating that was pretty tricky. Um, yeah, and then the second bit was... The second bit was if I was really passionate about it, why not just do it myself for something that I could be proactive about on offense? So in some ways, maybe it's probably similar to the point before. Maybe I was just on defense with a bunch of stuff, just saying yes and doing that reactively instead of being proactive to myself. Um, and then as soon as I made that sort of pivot, then I realized, okay, well, maybe what can I control? What can I do? How do I want to do that? But yeah, saying no is, a, is no is the new yes. And I've, what I've definitely noticed is in this last year, as soon as I just kind of put the handbrake on all that shit, um, I've had a lot more clear headspace around certain things. And, and I think that's important. Um, but saying no, you feel like a dick. Um, but then you actually realize that you only have so much amount of energy and time and you can't, the same thing before, you can't scale greatness alone. But at the same time, if all you do is do everything for everyone else and nothing for yourself, you'll get depleted and, and it turns to shit, right? Um, so yeah, I'd probably say that. So it was disappointment with some people that were close leveraging me. And then... Um, realizing that you know i need to be more proactive with my time for me instead of being reactive with my energy for others so what what's always interested me with you Rebecca, is what sits at the top of that hierarchy of what it is you're trying to achieve because you're a, you know you're an influencer you're running a business you're trying to change aspects uh, you've done work in entrepreneurship you've got you know, perspectives on, you know, Maori entrepreneurship and so forth. What what sits at the top of that hierarchy? Um, I always ask, why not? Like, why can't we do that? Why isn't this thing? Like, it's, it's a challenger mindset for, it's not even efficiency, but it's for, like, betterment or what, like, it's, it's like a view in the world of what could be. And if I've got a different view on that thing, why not push my powers to try and make those things happen? And I know it sounds very kind of like sort of weird, but it'd be like, well, why can't we try and do the world's largest whiskey tasting there? Why can't we build New Zealand's largest network of entrepreneurial workspaces? Why can't we have a small dope agency that partners with the biggest in the world? Why can't we, you know, it's always just like push, push, push. And as soon as it's like changing the, the, the trigger of, well, what is the ceiling, right? Why, like literally right now I'm trying to figure out 
you know, could could you run an empire virtually? Could you have full teams doing everything? It's like I think you can. Well, if these billion dollar ones, well, why, why why can't I? You know, and it's 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 always the and has it got me into a lot of trouble because I've asked a lot of dumb you know or, or tried to challenge things I maybe shouldn't have or whatever. So yep, probably. But I think it's the mindset you take into it of um, of challenging and what happens is when you get influence or power or money or or, or, or fame or access whatever it is you have more kind of chips on the table to push in and sort of drive your will into the world um and so the same way you know you've got people have different narratives different things that they push 100 percent, because that's their that's their worldview that's their belief and, and and certain things that i feel very passionate about that's my belief now whether it's right or wrong and whether it changes over time cool but if i feel a certain way about something and the world is in that way and I want to create it, who's going to tell me I can't and why shouldn't I if it's going to be better? It's not like I'm trying to proactively create something to be worse. So these are the kind of just the things that I'll, I'll sort of run through my headspace when I think about these type of things. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of, that's where my headspace usually gets to. It's a it's challenging mindset, but then with some type of commercial thread, you know, f- sprinkled with a bit of creativity. So, so being being a change maker is is really important to you. Mm. Not make change, just if things are great, I double down on them. I'm just saying if things, if you feel something can be better, that that is a big the big one for me is if, if is I absolutely love when something is in my head that I've thought of that just sparked out of somewhere turning that into a physical thing and seeing it and watching like manifesting ideation into the real world is the coolest shit of all time. Like, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician. I'm not any of that stuff, but I can imagine what that would feel like to create something that, that you built and did. Um, you know, I'm a creator, you know, I create that's, I'd say more instead of a change maker, I create whether it be businesses or ideas or, or concepts for community or, or, or commerce or whatever it is, I would rather be known as a creator that was proactive to, and productive to society than, you know, run a big ship that was already running. That doesn't feel like legacy, you know? So if we think of all the things that you've done, and you've, you've done a lot uh, within a business context, what, what are you most proud of and pleased of? As an as an example of an outcome of that process that you've just talked about, uh, probably the biggest uh, one is Frontside Desarchies. Um, the the video production content agency to partner with Sachi and Sachi. That was that was that was massive because it was these two opposite worlds: small, nimble, fast, don't give a shit, flip and send it, create digital push stuff big old school we're going to new school like it was the most challenging moment of my whole belief was you know every brand's going to become its own media company control everything from end to end and it's to a flipping t rolled out exactly like nostradamus exactly how i've always felt and believed but then for them to see that and partner with it early was awesome you know it was it was validation of you know because you need to understand as well andrew i Failed high school. I couldn't get into university. I've got no degrees. I've got no, there's nothing on paper anywhere that says I'm anything to anyone, right? But for me to get validated with the small Kiwi do with some ideas and some content media shit to get validated by a publicly listed 
billion dollar entity that is global, like third largest communications company in the world. That's flipping rad. Because all it did to me was say, you know what? My thinking isn't shit. Like, I may not be the smartest, but I'm not flipping dumb. And so, you know, not that it felt like I'd passed high school or anything, but it was <clears throat> to, to, just to pull that off um, was like an internal thing just to say, I have a right to have this opinion and clearly someone else sees the world the same the same way a little bit. So that was probably the massive one, especially because I'm super productive. I'm super passionate about about media and I'm super passionate about technology and content and production and and you know and social and community and just the creativity and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that that probably just kind of it gave me the stamp that I didn't need, but it felt amazing to get, you know. And I think that's what you know, I've admired about you and many people have that, you know, you, you've proven this model that, uh, you know, you can kind of achieve anything um, irrespective of your background if you've got that kind of will and desire. But this segues nicely to a little change that, that I have noticed in, in that video I watched a couple of months ago is that you've really started to get interested in the whole idea of learning uh, and mm. I know that you know you probably don't have many happy uh, necessary me memories of your time at school I, I think you found that whole experience pretty frustrating um, and, and I would imagine you were an absolute nightmare to try and teach anyway but but what, what how is that talk a bit about that transition at the moment why the interest in learning and how have you arrived at this point now where you feel that that's important for you yeah so yeah when i talk about changing, this is one that i do feel kind of pretty strongly about um the same way you know my buddy said you know i don't have a right to talk about anything in the mediascape until i've seen it um it was because i didn't have perspective on the other side and then what i realized was you know, there's five, you know, billions of people in the world and everyone's got that sort of different opinion. You can learn everything from, you can, we, you don't know everything. Within certain lanes, you can know a shit ton. But what I've probably realized is that the, the more I learn about more things going wider, there's always lessons that are either timeless or transferable into my own lane. And so we could be talking about um, how we should maybe try and do vertical farming in the cities for something and then my head will go to a spot like huh I wonder how else you could reallocate commercial space for things that aren't necessarily commercial oh I wonder what you know and it's like it I'm finding that learning a lot about a lot of different shit plants small little seeds of spark and creativity and ingenuity and, and just stuff which I might have down the track for later and there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just been going into my head that I don't, it may not pop out at all, but there's a bunch that's been popping up like, ah, oh, click, this could then work with that. And so the way, um, you know, a good friend of mine, like Lil, she said, one of my skills is I can take these small little kernels and I can thread them in a weird way that only I guess I can, but sync it together into one thing that's pretty like, like packageable um, for others. And I think that's, that's, that's probably right, you know? Um, I can see the, the reason I'm getting to listen and learning. And so I, I block it out into my calendar every day. Basically, whenever I'm driving or anything, I'm listening to audiobooks. Whenever I'm doing th um, different other bits, well, I try and multitask because I have to be doing just more than one thing at the same time. I can't read a book. 
is um, I'm learning shit that I didn't learn, but it's also giving me seeds of ideas and inspiration for other things that are totally not related. And I'm just letting my mind just bounce around between them. And then next thing you know, a couple of things add up and you're just like, boop, 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 boop. And then you're like, oh shit. And then you've got a new business, you've got a new idea, you've got a new something. Um, yeah, so so I think for me, learning and is one. And then the other one, which I've, I've been doing a, a lot better job at is when there's those that are smarter around you or think differently, listen. And I think pro twenties uh, and stuff, when, it, when you're on offense for yourself, you're not really listening. Unless you've got your mentors and shit and they will give you kind of the, they'll give you advice for you and you're like, stuff it, I'm going to do me hundred percent. So I'm not listening to anyone else because you have to be so maniacally focused on what you are there to achieve for. You don't, you have to almost block everything to go and do that thing. As, lo as long as you've got, you know, the strategy right, the team right, and you know what you're shooting, 100%. I totally agree with that. Block the noise. But as soon as it comes to the other things, you know, like when we went to lockdown the first time and I just, you know, talking with all these different crew, that's actually how most of my conversations are with them, but I guess they're just not publicly seen. So, yeah, prioritizing learning to get threads of inspiration and new ideas and then listening to those listening that to different, different journeys and different things and then hopefully that gives me a, a wider perspective because i want to be able to go unlimitedly wide and insanely deep on everything and i think if you can do that and you're relatable and approachable you know and you've got access to stuff then then you're a flipping weapon you know then you're a weapon because then you can play in any lane anywhere and i'm I feel I'm getting close to it, but not fully there yet. But when you can go width, but no depth, you're stuffed. When you can go deep in just one thing, I still think you're stuffed because you're not thinking wide enough for inspiration and, and transformation for the future. But if you can go wide and deep, you're a flipping beast. And I'd rather, I think I'd rather head in that direction, if that makes sense. But if we're being honest, I'm sure listening is your biggest challenge, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, or ha well, yes, if I've got something in my head, it depends if I'm driven to it. If I'm curious about something, I'm all ears. If I have an, if I have a vision or a view on something, it's very hard for me to listen because I, I feel, I can feel my view, you know what I mean? And so that's the balance off of knowing, are you there to be, because you're curious or are you there to stamp? Do you know what I mean? And I think if you're stamping, you don't, you won't listen because you need to have certain to certain traits to go and execute those things. And that's, that's a, that's a tough balance, right? Because if you sit there and listen to everyone, you don't do anything because you're scared of everything. And if you don't listen to everyone, you're a flipping dick and you don't. And then there's this one simple, you know, I've seen, I've had friends do it as well where, you know, they don't try and listen to all the help around them that's there and it crumbles because they didn't listen. And then on the other hand, you have people who don't actually try and do anything because all they do is listen and they're too fearful to try. And that's almost the two sides of it, right? You So to be more curious helps, I think. Um, but then you need to listen to then learn. And is that probably one of my biggest things? Probably. So I just need to try and switch my mindset. Am I there to be curious and learn, or am I there? Am I on? Am I there to like lead and be on offense? Um, especially if there's a vision, and especially if no one's done shit that you're thinking before, you're not going to think like them anyway. So that's even tougher, right? 
<laughs> so you're not going to really take advice from someone who hasn't thought differently or done differently and it's just like everyone else so it's just a, it's a weird it's super it's super tough mate that's the honest answer is um yeah the, the honest answer is super tough because you have to constantly navigate what you're trying to do with what others have done with how they could help you try and do something that hasn't been done it's flipping tricky it's really tricky I'm interested in this. How, how do you decide what to learn? Because the sort of person you are, you could stay immersed in a space of learning that you're comfortable with. How do you decide when to push yourself outside and, and challenge yourself in your learning? Um, I think it's potentially just more patience before pulling the trigger and keep expanding and testing and challenging all the edges first, right? Like I've got this one idea about this one thing we're about to launch and I'm like, I feel it's this, but then I'm just, I keep nudging on the edges of like, well, have we thought about what if, what would it look like if this happened? And then what it would look like. So instead of just stamp and go, I'm trying to kind of go mentally stamp, but then test, 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 test and go all the way around the barriers and then kind of drop it. So maybe I'm just thinking of like execution now and, like stamp with what my idea is, learn around the edges to figure out if shit will pop or not, and then finally go and then feel a lot more safe that you've actually thought things through. And what about, let's, you know, because we're, we're running a bit out of time, always the, the issue when, when talking with you, uh, when you think about, you know, where you're at now, and we mentioned earlier in the interview about, the fact that you wouldn't change very much. But but if there were learning aspects of your journey, and I'm sure many people, you know, that have followed you over the years would be interested in that kind of reflective uh, aspect of your journey. You know, what what might you have done a little bit differently? Where might you have changed the emphasis? Uh, and, and what are those... Um, you know, areas of advice that you might sort of pass on. And because we're all different. So I guess, you know, one one thing that works for one, for one person is going to work for another. But but when you think about some of those pivotal moments in your journey so far that, that might have perhaps been approached differently, any anything in that in that space? I would have, I would have partnered smarter earlier. And I would have got way more tighter on admin, finance, and legal earlier. Because those are things I don't know and I wasn't that good at, right? Um, and then sometimes, yeah, if I would have put in those two things, it would have been probably a bit different, I think. So my advice then to myself would have been, yeah, really figure out where your gaps are and just double down on what you're good at instead of trying to do a whole bunch of other shit. Like I'd rather one plus one equals three, literally. You suck at, you know, process systems, admins, flip and get a weapon who loves that shit. Then you just do you and everything else, delegate that shit out. Don't even try. Like anyone that says try and work on your weaknesses, I'm just like stuff that. Like you're not going to get the same output in terms of wins commercially or anything if you try and if you're an A plus at this one thing and then you just end up being like a B in four things opposed to two people who partner who are an A plus and an A plus, you're going to dominate, right? So 
I would say, and that's smartnerships, right? Smart partnerships earlier, earlier smartnerships, and um, with the first, and then yeah, that 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 probably be it to be honest. Because as soon as you've got that, as soon as you've got an idea and the right partner, you can usually fight your way through to get to that that point. Usually. All right. Final question, because we, we're coming up for the 40-minute mark. I think that's max time for, for most people. Uh, when we've, we've spent a bit of time, you know, obviously reflecting on your past and where you've come from uh, to, to get to this point. So kind of the obvious concluding question is, what does the next five years uh, look like? Are you a goal setter? I mean, do, do you kind of map out these goals or, or do you just live on the fly and take things as they come? Yeah, no, so I have like a full folder of uh, game plans that will get time stamped with everything that will happen personally and professionally with different ventures with what things I want to pop, 100%. Um, now, do I hit most of them? The majority of them I hit um, in case certain things sort of either pop up, but yeah, I'm always sort of thinking out to that next phase. So um, I'm probably, and I've always been that way as well. I just, you know, probably don't, um, people probably don't see the, the, the actual sort of strategy behind some stuff. But what I would say is if you're, even if I'm, you're running 100 miles an hour, but you're playing a 100-year game, you can be, you know, you can be the the, the tortoise and the hare, I think. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, this this next phase for me now is an interesting one, right? So at the moment I'm in the States going through my green card process stuff between America um, and New Zealand. Uh, and it's kind of just this reset of like, well, now we're from a, kind of a full global economy that's virtual. Why can't I run and navigate things from here to a bunch of different places in the world? Why can't I, um, you know, reset what my life potentially could could look like? Why not? You know, and I think that's that's kind of where, so I'm, I'm going through that exact same thing right now, but now the priorities are different because now, you know, got a almost three-year-old and a one-year-old and, you know, having two daughters under two definitely stuffs your life up a little bit more as well and in some amazing ways and as challenging as they are, it's flipping the best. So I'm stoked that for the last couple of years, um, I know I've been an extremely present father and I'm pumped on that. I know I am not a piece of shit that's not even flipping there and doesn't know their kids, doesn't even care about their kids, doing a whole bunch of that. Like I know plenty of people who do that and not that you throw judgment on it, but for my daughters, for my life and my world, I think that's more important than um, or pretty much most other shit right now. Now, that balance of personal and professional definitely changes. Um, and then balancing, you know, you're still your friends in that time because you've got buckets, right? You've got your work bucket, you've got your friends bucket, you've got your family bucket. There's only so much water that goes around. You've got to keep feeding all, all those different plants and trees and all the rest of it. So um, I feel I've got a pretty – I've reset my balance pretty solid now to be fair um i'm commercially executing what i'm feeling feels great um time wise i'm probably doing probably just as much work smarter but around the family stuff um because i'm there you know every morning when they're waking up and then going to bed and bits and pieces so i'll smash out night stuff um so balance i've probably just changed my balance on work and life uh, pretty well and i'm feeling pretty comfortable about um, the scale of execution that I think I can do things just a little bit bigger um, without me physically there. And that's a big one, right? Because if you think about all my stuff, I've always been physically in the room, physically there. Bring my energy, bring my noise, bring the raw, bring the hype, bring all that shit. And you can't scale that. 
you know, but what you can scale intent. So if I can build platforms that have intent, you can scale that shit. Um, and that's potentially my next challenge for myself is detaching me physically, but then still letting things grow. Well, Robert, our first interview was in 2016. Our second, 2020. I guess this means our, our third will be in 2024. So <laughs> I look forward to uh, reconvening uh, then. Uh, and uh, thanks for sharing some of your thoughts today. It's been fun. Oh, did I, did I lose it? Oh, there you go. I got you. Sorry. I missed you for that last second. Um, yeah, no, it's been good, man. Four, four more years. We'll definitely do it. But it is cool because it, it feels like you're, you're changing, you know, but it's, it's good change. It's not um, like even, and I think you, I genuinely feel you should probably look back and be embarrassed of yourself the whole time. Right. <laughs> like, and there's probably so much stuff like there's certain things I don't even scroll back on my timeline and was like, oh, I bet this is bad. But I would rather front, I'd rather front foot it publicly um, to myself so it's visible. So people, if there is change, people can clearly see it. Because at least then you're not faking it, right? Then at least if I'm fully authentic and I'm too much offense and then I fully authentic and I'm and I tone it back and I get a bit more depth, it's great. The next one will be all right. Well, you know. Now what? Are you, now you've got platform. What are you going to do with it? And that's a good challenge for myself to try and figure out over this 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 next while. Good stuff. I think we probably cut it there. My man, appreciate it, brother. Love you, brother. <laughs> How are you feeling now? <laughs> hey, okay. We were live, by the way. That's this has been live. Oh, yeah, I, I suddenly kind of figured that out halfway through. Well, <laughs> early on. Um, can you tell how many people are watching? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then well, I saw all the comments and stuff were popping up. But no, I appreciate it, dude. We're still live now, but I don't care. Um, no, it's 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 interesting stopping and doing that. And at the start, mate, I, just, I feel so awkward talking about that shit. It's just like I always want, I, I want to be the conduit for others, not yeah. for my, like there's enough shit of me out there. It's like, fuck, no one cares. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I think people are people are fascinated. Aren't they? It's the world the world we live in now, isn't it? We can we can we can spy on everybody else. Um, yeah. yeah. It's stuff. Um, I hope you're safe and I hope you're well, brother. And I'll, 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 uh, next time we talk, I'm gonna flip the tables on you and we can talk about your movements and things over the next four. And trust me. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah, well, well, I mean, I've never given a public interview. Have you not? No, uh, I, I don't. I won't. Yeah. You should. You could have, mate, I'll get you sorted out. I'll get you the flipping lights, the camera. I'll get you all this yeah. shit rolling. Mate, you'll be on fire. Because no, you have the I'm thing. With, the thing I'm with you. I like. You go. Yeah, no, I, I like, I like, I like asking the questions. I hate being put on the spot. Oh well, now that makes two of us. So next, next one, I'm getting you, <laughs> you on the mix, and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Love that, you, that, work, that brother. All right, good, good to talk. Awesome, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, bro. Cheers. Bye. The bro, Andrew Patterson, flipping legend. Um, such a good dude. Yeah, he I, he interviewed me for NBR uh, four years ago. You know, lots changed in the last four years. M much more will still change. 
you know, still dumb as shit with a whole bunch of stuff, trying to be smarter about a whole bunch of stuff. But we shall see. Uh, I'm feeling better about the setup. Now I've got music I'm not going to get sued for. I can't hear it now. I don't have the flipping headphones on. Good shit. All right. Adios, team. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Good luck for level four or three. If we go to level four, shit. I can't do what I did again. Doing six hours live streaming a day. Uh, enjoy the day, team. Stay safe. Be good. Deuces.